Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. You know, today we start a new series called The Wisdom Clinic. The Wisdom Clinic. We will be talking about various decisions that all of us have to make and how to make those decisions from God's point of view, a biblical perspective. God has given us the opportunity to seek and receive wisdom from Him. It's a top-down view. God says we have the ability as believers, to receive from Him the ability to see things the way He sees them. What a precious gift and promise. I want you to know that every day, every day I pray several scriptures over you as members of this church and partners of the ministry scattered all around this country. Some of those prayers go like this. I pray the prayer of the apostle out of Ephesians and Colossians. I do not cease to make mention of you in my prayers that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would be granted to you that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him at all times bearing fruit in every good deed and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might in your inner man for all patience and long-suffering, giving thanks at all times to the Father of light. I pray that there may be given to you. I pray for Dina and me and for you every day that you'd receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of your heart would be open, that you may really know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in you, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards you, which he brought about when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him far above all principalities, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named. Gave him as a head over all things to the church. Over all things. A spirit of wisdom. Understanding. Knowledge of the Lord. The word of God is very clear in Colossians 2, 3. That Jesus Christ is the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Personified. All the wisdom and the knowledge of God Almighty is personified in His Son, Jesus Christ. That's the Word of God. I didn't make that up. Colossians 2, 3. It's the ability to see things as He sees them. I want you to turn with me to the book of Proverbs in your Old Testament. Right after Psalms. Psalm, Proverbs chapter 4, please. Proverbs chapter 4. God 
says that wisdom is a very high priority with him. The ability to see things the way he sees them is a high priority for him, for his sons and daughters. In fact, in chapter 4 of Proverbs, we find these words beginning in verse 5. This is wisdom speaking in this passage. Get wisdom. Get it. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth, the words of wisdom. Do not forsake her. She will preserve you wisdom. Love wisdom. And she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her wisdom and understanding. And she will promote you. Wisdom will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory she will deliver to you. God is commanding us to get wisdom, to seek it. It's the principal thing the Word says. Are you pursuing wisdom? Jean Carey asked me several uh, months ago last year what I was praying for last year, and I, I said, I'm praying for the spirit of revelation of love and wisdom. God has made it available if we'll pursue it. It has a high priority with him. There's not only general wisdom. Turn over to James real quickly. James 1, I want you to see something beautiful. What a great promise. James chapter 1, this is a general provision for all of us as believers in James 1, verse 5, it's a powerful passage, one of my very, very favorite. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to everyone who asks liberally and without finding fault. Is that not amazing? If you will ask God for wisdom he won't begin to list all your faults as to why he can't give it to you. I love that passage. So you can know that if you ask God for wisdom according to this word right here, he will not begin by listing all your faults. He said, let him ask in faith. Keep going. Let him ask in faith without any doubt. Because the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So as long as you will ask for wisdom and faith, how does faith come? By hearing the Word of God. Well, what did the Word of God just say? If you lack wisdom, do what? Ask for it, and it will be given to you without finding fault with you. How many of you, when you ask God for wisdom, follow that up with thanking God that He's granting it to you? Instead of wondering if you're going to get it or not. 
Faith is the assurance of what God says in His Word. It comes by hearing that Word. Wisdom, the ability to see things the way you see them, Lord. It's available. Proverbs chapter 8, and by the way, if you want to go on a wisdom journey, just read a proverb a day and ask the Holy Spirit to open your heart to what's in there. Proverbs eight seventeen says, this is wisdom speaking, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor I will add to their life. How about that? I love those, wisdom says, who love me. Riches and honor I will add to their life. Do you love wisdom? Do you pursue it? Do you have a passion for it? The ability to see things the way God sees them and be willing to ask the Spirit to correct us when we're out of line with the way God sees them. Besides just general wisdom that we can all have, there's the spiritual gift of wisdom. You ever ask for that one? I ask for that one all the time. Why don't you? The Word says pursue spiritual gifts. Aggressively seek them. A, sp a gift of wisdom is the special ability given by God to see things the way He sees them. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Boy, does this world need the wisdom of God. Boy, does the body of Christ need the wisdom of God. I know I do. Wisdom has enormous benefits, and we'll talk about those at a different time. But I, I've got some good news for you, too. Not only are we to ask for it and we'll be given it, we'll be given it. But here's a great uh, promise, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16 says that we as believers have the mind of Christ. Well, wait a minute now. Have you broken that down yet? Everybody say it with me. According to the Word, I have as a reborn person the mind of Christ in my inner man. Remember, what did we just read? In Christ is hidden all the riches of wisdom and knowledge. So what I need to do is connect with the mind of Christ that's already been deposited in me by the Holy Spirit. See, the problem with most of us is we're, trying, we're listening to all the voices in the world and wondering why we can't find wisdom. They shut out the one voice that has eternal wisdom, the Word of God, through the Spirit of God. One thing that really works against wisdom is a place where our soul, our inner man, Remember, you have a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. You are a spirit being. You have a soul. They're inseparable. You live in a body. And our soul can get compromised sometimes. Our mind, our will, our emotions can get compromised, even poisoned by different 
sources. One of the things the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, one of the things the enemy uses to upset internal order in our inner man is unresolved, unmanaged, unrighteous anger. What is anger? Anger is a powerful mindset, a powerful emotional force that triggers internal and external attitudes and actions. Internal attitudes and external actions. It's a, it's a powerful force. And this force can float around or it can come to the surface and explode. It can lie dormant or it can be manifested. But if it is allowed to go unchecked, if it's unresolved, even if it's righteous anger, if it's unmanaged, uh, it, it can be poison in our inner man. How you know that? Because I've experienced it. I know most of you never had any anger, but just in case you ever do, you need to understand that it's poison in our inner man. It contradicts what God wants to do. I want to read you something God gave Dina at 5 o'clock this morning. I asked her if I could share this with you. He gave it to her. Anger is an explosion of built-up negative emotions, hurts, disappointments, frustrations, etc., that have never been addressed, that have been festering in the deep recesses of our soul. Now that is profound. Let me read that to you again. God gave that to her. Anger is an explosion of built-up negative emotions, hurts, disappointments, frustrations, that have never been addressed. They've been festering in the deep recesses of our soul. Wow. We're going to have this room more warm next week. This, I'm almost breathing smoke. Wayne, we got to do something. This will change. This is ridiculous. I said this will change. You believe me? <laughs> is there righteous anger? And the answer to that is yes. Let's take a look here at Hebrews chapter 3. There is an anger that is, that is righteous and legitimate. In fact, we don't like this, these passages very much, but um, there's a, a passage in, in uh, Hebrews 3 where the Lord says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial, in the wilderness, 
where your father tested me and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation. See, nobody likes to think that God ever has anger. That's not true. He is angry over those things that destroy his sons and daughters. I mean, why would he be angry? Well, he gave them mercy and mercy and grace. He delivered them from Egypt. He showed them miracle after miracle after miracle. He worked with them and, and gave them great and mighty things. He supernaturally delivered them from slavery, gave them all the wealth of the Egyptians, and said, I've got a promised land for you, a land that flows with milk and honey. And because they looked at their natural circumstances and became afraid, they became disbelieving. And they turned a journey of less than two weeks into 40 years. How many of you know that if we continue to disbelieve our wonderful, merciful God, that that which should have taken a short period of time can extend a lifetime and even do us in? God was angry at, if you read on in that passage, you see, God was angry at their unbelief. So I have to ask myself, Lord, are there areas in my inner man where there's unbelief? Do I have unbelief about how you're going to take care of me this year? When you've showed me a track record of faithfulness. Do I have unbelief as to your sufficiency to, to keep me? Do I have unbelief about being able to to trust you with the lives of those who've gone on before me and the promise of eternal life with you. Where's my unbelief? Do I, do I have unbelief that my prayers will be answered simply because I don't see them answered in the way I want them to be answered or the time I want them to be answered in? Have I stopped believing you? This passage lets us know God is not pleased with that. Do you know there's one time in the, in the whole New Testament in the life of Jesus where it said, and Jesus looked on them with anger. Jesus looked on them with anger. You remember that? Mark 3, 5, here's the way it goes. Here's the context. Jesus was teaching in the temple, and all these people were gathered around him. And a man who had a disability from the wound, a withered hand, was in there, and Jesus locked eyes with him, and he felt compassion for him and desired to heal him, to restore him. And all the religious Zealots and judgmental enemies of that love were looking at him with contempt to see if he would violate their law. They believed that if you did anything on the Sabbath, that was sin. And the word says, and Jesus looked at them with anger. 
And he said, so it's more important for you. What, what, what is more important to you? I love, can I ask you something? Here's some wisdom right here. When you get really angry, ask questions. That's what he did. He got really angry and he asked a question. He didn't blast, he asked a question. Is it more important for you? Is the law of God that you do this outward thing that you believe is what he wants you to do than to heal somebody and make them free? Jesus was angry for the right reasons. There is a righteous anger. In fact, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to show you that there is a time to be angry. Ephesians 4. Verse 25, therefore, putting away lying, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for members of one another. Verse 26, be angry. Wow. Be angry and do not sin. And do not let the sun go down on your wrath and give a place to the devil. So if we see that God is angry about something, then it's legitimate for us to be angry about it. But even if it's legitimate, righteous anger, it has a time limit on it. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't go to bed with that anger roiling in your inner man. So what makes anger righteous or unrighteous? Well, it has to do with our motive. Why are we angry? Is it for a righteous cause? Sometimes we ought to stop and ask myself, I do this, it's not always what I want to hear, but sometimes when I get in some turmoil, I say, why am I angry? Do you ever do that? Why am I angry? Wait for the, what the Spirit tells you. Usually with me, there's a little correction in there. <laughs> why am I angry? What, are, what, what is my motive? Where is the object of my anger? Boy, this is a killer right here. Are you ready? Ephesians 6, 12 tells us that we have got anger all squirreled up. We, we, we release it toward the wrong source. The, the Word says that our real enemy is not flesh and blood. See, you thought it was him, that Democrat over there. That Republican over there, that, no, you, you thought it was the man that said those things, the woman that hurt you like that, you thought it was flesh and blood. The word says we don't wrestle, our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, powers, world forces of this darkness, it's, it's the source behind that pain. Do you ever look beyond 
the face of it to the heart of it. That's when we can say like Jesus when they were murdering him, Father, forgive them. They don't understand what they're doing. So it's not only the motive, it's not only the object, but it's also the duration. I find that even when I'm righteously anger at things that, that disobey God, that are a violation of his character, what I find is that if I hold on to it for very long, it compromises my inner man. It keeps me from really worshiping the Lord it, 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 it begins to poison my inner man. And how do I know that? Because I don't hear the voice of God more, as clearly. I don't even feel like worshiping sometimes. And, and I want to tell you something. Here's what we've got to, are you listening? This is not popular preaching, I can tell you that. It is not wise and it is not obedient to continue to focus on the sources of anger. I don't care how, how much you agree with them. If all you do is, is go over and over and over these things, do this. Spend as much time in the Word of God and the worship of God as you are watching your favorite news channel. See what happens. See what happens. That stings, doesn't it? If the Word of God is the truth, you know why I could tell you that? Because I'm preaching to me. If the Word of God is the truth, is it? Well, why do I not make that the source of the truth? Boy, I have been so very sad about the condition of our country. Man, it is, it's heartbreaking to somebody like me. My daddy was in France in World War II. He saw unspeakable things for my freedom and yours. And you have parents and grandparents in the same way. Man, this is sad where we are. And the Lord is uh, wanting me to deal this week with what you're going to do about it. And here's what the Lord showed me. God has moved mightily throughout history. God has moved mightily throughout history in the context of dark, even, evil times and people. Think about it. Here's some things the Lord reminded me of this week. When the world was dark, he took a man who was surrounded by pagan moon worshipers and said, I'm going to bless you 
and I'm going to make you great, and you will be a blessing. His name was Abraham. You and I are recipients through Jesus of the covenant God made with Abraham in a dark place. It was dark. Moses was one of the greatest heroes of the Bible. Moses was called out by God in a time where there was incredible oppression by pagan Egyptians who put people in slavery. They were slaves. They spent all day every day stepping in mud to make bricks to build the empire of a pagan Pharaoh. And in the context of that darkness and evil, God called a man named Moses and said, I have called you and chosen you to lead my people, my people, into a new day, a new world. Joshua was given the responsibility to move millions of people across an unfordable river and to fight with a, a ridiculous army against the oppression and out, that being outnumbered by the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Perizzites, you name the ites, there was no way. It was dark. They was a minority. And God said, I am going to give you this land that I promised your father Abraham, and it'll be yours perpetually. David and his people were under the oppression of the Philistine pagans, dark, who, who oppressed them and, and killed them over and over and over again. And God said, I am going to use you and I'm going to make you the king of Israel. And God used that man to bring about a mighty revival. And we now worship the son of David in Jesus Christ. In the context of darkness is where God does his greatest work. And yet we seem to think that that light is going to be legislated. It's going to have to happen from the inside and the change on the inside of the heart. It never works for long being legislated from the outside. It never works for long. The church have stopped praying and staying in prayer for the affairs of the life of, of the world that we live in. That's got to change. I don't care what little party or what person is their God. Is the, he owns this land. It was dedicated to him from the beginning. For the glory of God and the cause of Christ. Read it. Now, here's what some of you need to listen to me. You need to see Mike Tribble right there on our praise team, one of our elders. He's been here from the beginning, he and Pat. He has been called by God to a ministry call, 
S-W-A-T. It's an acrostic. It means spiritual warfare for America team. You ought to join him to find out how you can pray for this nation. He's got all kind of information. Now's the time, Mike. This is the year. You've got to rise it up, baby. Seek Pastor Jeremiah and Gene to get on the prayer team. Do, do, do something. Listen, light shines best in the context of darkness. Daniel was under an evil oppression. <clears throat> he saw people thrown into lion's dens and fiery furnaces, and God used him to turn the heart of a wicked pagan king called Nebuchadnezzar. Jeremiah saw Jerusalem in shatters. And God used him to prophesy and to speak life to the people, light out of darkness. Jesus came into a place where the Roman government, totally the pagan Roman government, worship of the emperor, was all around where Jesus lived and moved and ministered. It was in the context of darkness. Even Herod, the king of, of Israel, tried to kill him before he was two years old. In the context of darkness is where God does his best work. So enough of saying, well, this is never, I'm preaching to me. Get out of your sadness and listen to the opportunities God gives you for an opportunity to be light. The wisdom of God. But sometimes we can't see it because we have poisonous anger. Pastor, what is poisonous anger? It's when you desire somebody to be hurt or where you desire retribution on somebody. We've got to release that anger to the Lord. Romans 12, 19 says that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I. He didn't stop there. He said, I will repay. Oh, man, Whew. vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. My problem, and I'll bet some of yours is, we actually get angry with God when things don't get changed very quickly. We actually get angry with God because although we know he said vengeance is mine, I will repay, he doesn't repay it the way we want him to, and he doesn't repay it in the time we want him to do it. I know I'm the only one that has some feelings about that. What I'm trying to tell you people is we have to go before our God. If we don't want our spirit man to be poisoned and release anger to the Lord, who alone belongs vengeance. Now, that, that doesn't mean that there's no boundaries. Or, listen, mercy, having mercy on people does not mean enabling them to stay broken. 
Mercy doesn't mean, okay, just do whatever you want to. It's okay with me. No, that's not mercy. Sometimes showing somebody mercy is stopping, enabling them to stay broken. It's okay to see somebody you love out in the water and they're thrashing to stay their heads above the water and not drown. It's okay to throw them a life ring, but it's not okay to become a lifeboat. Only God can do that. You can't take his place. Wisdom, God, give us wisdom. I found that unresolved anger creates disorder. It doesn't allow me to hear and see the Lord clearly. Besides that, it wears me out. You ever find that? You ever find out that the longer you stay angry, the, the more tired you are? Boy, there's a lot of fatigue in our nation right now. It takes energy to hold on to anger. Besides that, it deceives us as to who the real enemy is. We've already talked about that. It's not flesh and blood. It destroys our peace. And I don't know about you, but I found that if I continue to hold on to anger, it sabotages my relationships. It keeps me from really being the man, the husband, the shepherd I ought to be. It'll sabotage your relationships if you hold on to anger. It poisons our words and actions. I want to remind you of something. I know it's cold in here. This has got to stop. Read Jonah sometime. Read Jonah. You remember Jonah? God said, okay, Jonah, I got an assignment for you. Jonah says, what is it, Lord? He says, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach. Tell them to repent. What? Tell them to repent. Well, I'm not doing that. What God say? Okay, have it your way. How many of you know that God usually says, okay, have it your way? So Jonah found himself in the belly of a great sea animal. There's a story behind that. But Jonah repented. He called on God to forgive him, have mercy on him. And God did. He delivered him, set him on dry land, and he went to Nineveh, and he preached to the darkest, most evil. These people were evil enemies of God's people. He hated them. He preached, and guess what? It worked. They repented all the way to the king. They went in sackcloth and ashes. They repented. They fell on their face, Jonah says. 
You know, most of us would have said, Billy, a revival. It worked. Jonah said, I don't like this. Jonah got angry because God showed him mercy. Here's what the Lord said. King James Version, doest thou well to be angry? Is this doing you good to be angry? But God had mercy on Jonah. In the midst of the desert, he raised up a gourd that came over him overnight and gave him shade from the blistering sun that could have killed him. And the word says that Jonah was so thankful for the mercy God showed him in that gourd. So the next morning he gets up and the gourd's withered from the roots. He's gone and the sun is beating down on him. And God said, are you doing well with anger? Doest thou well to be anger? And Jonah said, I am doing well. Wow. All you had to do was give me a gourd for the shade. In other words, I don't like what you're doing. I don't want you to show mercy to people I hate. And then God said an amazing thing, the last verse of Jonah 4. He said, so are you doing well here? You were angry because I withered a gourd and yet multiplied thousands of people I showed mercy to and that made you angry. And then it's over. That's the end of the, that's the, end of the book. Listen to me, everybody. If we get to the point to where we want to just see people pay and hurt, if we get to the point to where we don't want God to show any of the mercy, if we consider them enemies, we're in a dangerous place. And we need to repent. Jesus said, it's to the merciful that I will give mercy. I don't know about you, but I need all the mercy God has to give me. Can you say amen to that? So this is going to cause some change in the way we pray and see. And it is not going to be quick and easy. We're going to have to wrestle with this. We're going to have to wrestle with it. So what do we do? Recognize that we got a problem. Repent before God and say, Lord, I, I, I hadn't seen this. Forgive me. I've been making stupid excuses. You know what a stupid excuses is? I've said it. I bet you have. Well, he made me angry. She made me so mad. When I saw that, that made me angry. Let me tell you something, people. That's a lie. Nobody made us angry. We chose to be angry. We chose it. God forgive us. It's sin. 
So be honest. Recognize it. Repent. Release that. Go before the Lord and release that anger. Say, Lord, I release this anger to you. Vengeance is yours. You will repay. I ask you to give them the same mercy you gave me. The word says to forgive as you have been forgiven. Ephesians chapter 4, look at it, 31 and 32. Write it down. Sometimes when people come back to my mind that have hurt me or I'm aggravated at, I have to go back and say, no, I'm not going there. I've already forgiven them. I've turned them over to the Lord. It's not up to me. They're in God's hands. It's up to you, Lord. I release that anger to you. Write it down. Record it for yourself. For yourself. The Lord will begin to release you from that poison. And you'll be free. Hallelujah. We got some work to do, haven't we? There's a lot more reasons and people that you have to forgive and release than you probably know today. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Be faithful to do it. Release them to the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Would you stand with me, please? Father, have mercy on us. Thank you that we have a marvelous opportunity in the time of darkness, God. We're troubled and saddened. We're grateful you've brought us thus far out of a worldwide pandemic. We pray for those who are suffering today. We pray for light and healing. We pray for help and encouragement. We pray for physicians and nurses and We pray for the anointing of medical science, God. We pray for healing in this land. But God, most of all, we pray for the healing of our hearts. Thank you for the opportunity we have in this dark time to be lights. Help us never to forget, God, that lasting change is not legislated from without. but it's born and developed and multiplied, passed on from within. We pray, God, for a spirit of encouragement and strength for your people. That we may walk free of the poison of unmanaged, unrighteous anger. That you would use us, God, bathe and baptize us with the love of God that's been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit. We praise you and bless you for your goodness. With every head bowed and eye closed today, I wonder if anybody says, Pastor, the Spirit of God has spoken to me through his word by his Spirit today. Just like you, Pastor, I have work to do. Pray for me that the Spirit of God 
will direct my path and bring me freedom. Would you just lift your hand right where you are? You joining me in saying that? Father, listen to the expression of my heart and the expression of these, your people. We release poisonous mindsets and attitudes over to you. God, send light into our inner man as believers. Send light into your church. Send light into this country at the highest levels of leadership. God, let light come. May it come through the vessels of your children. We want to be part of the solution, Lord. Thank you that we're citizens of a kingdom that is eternal, that has a king that is merciful and gracious and all wise. Grant us wisdom, Father. In the name of Jesus, all the people said, go with God. He's going with you. We'll see you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.